Five by five at the movies. Five by five at the movies. We like watching movies. Now listen to the show. Hi, Dan. Hey, Keith. This is episode 101. Woo! I don't know why I always say the n- number of the episode. Maybe, you know, in case I fuck up and then have to, like, go through the audio files. <laughs> Figure it out. I've been like, known to mislabel like, shit. Like when you saved last week's episode as 99 instead yep. of 100. Sure. <laughs> well, you know, part of me was just like, I can't even force myself to go into triple digits. Yeah. All right, uh... We, we got to make this quick because we got a really long interview. Ooh, word. Uh, I interviewed a friend of the show, close personal friend, filmmaker mm-hmm. Owen Edgerton. Yeah. Uh, who I love dearly. And every time I talk to him, it gets really existential. Mm-hmm. And we start talking about shit that has nothing to do with movies and more just about like life and death and what happens next. I feel like all the good people who make good movies think like that. Oh, did we have a really good talk about Greek tragedy and yeah. uh, Oedipus? and Word. So now I'm going to start reading Greek tragedy. Uh, but the good uh, good news about having to do the show first is uh, we don't have any housekeeping to talk about. There's not oh, a, hey. nothing that we usually housekeep. We have to talk about. We can jump uh-huh. right in. You just say uh, thank you to our uh, Patreons that we're g- yeah. continuing thank to be our Thank you to patrons. the six people who are <laughs> Patreons. Uh, yeah. We'd love there to be more of you. Uh, more people like you. That's what we need. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so box office mojo. Let's hop right in. Ooh, box Dan, office. What's the number one movie in America? Easy to figure out. Got to be Tenet, right? It's Tenet <laughs> with twenty point two million dollars, shattering the previous record of seven yeah. million dollars. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's more more than double the previous, but yep. I'm I'm sure not anywhere near what they were hoping for. And these are of course just domestic weekend box offices. Uh, yeah. What was number two? Uh, it was last week's number one. It was. <laughs> your mic is not pointed at your mouth. It's like weirdly askew, just so you know. Like the ball. There you go. Oh, now it's pointed at you. All right. <laughs> uh, what's talking? Okay, what was number two? Number two is. Oh, where the fuck came out last week? Yeah. My, number one. $7 million last week. Not functioning. That's right. Yet. Three, three million this week. New Mutants. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then number that three actually finally came out. Yeah, seven million. <laughs> that, that brings their weekend totals to ten million. Uh, unhinged with one point eight coming in third. Now, okay. how much do you think Tenant made worldwide? Ooh, worldwide. So twenty million uh, for 20 the weekend US, here. Remember, say, we're still pretty shut down. Yeah. What I'm did it guess make? Like eighty worldwide. Close. Yeah. Hundred, hundred, yeah, Ooh, all right, hundred million dollars worldwide. All right, now that would be amazing for them if that was the domestic number. <laughs> it, well, more so if the number for what they would have to break even at didn't skyrocket. Warner Brothers mm. released it's actually five hundred million dollars oh, they need to break even, Christ. not the before mentioned two hundred million. Yeah. When you factor in advertising. Yeah, all of the several rounds of marketing pushes they were doing. $500 million. Now, in the first weekend, it made $100 million. So that's a good sign. Yeah, I would imagine things are going to stay stay on the charts longer oh yeah for, with you know, less movies coming out i mean with, yeah. with nothing to push you out of the theater you're gonna stay in the theater yeah much so longer e- than normal. even if there's you know a quarter to half of the people going you might be in theaters for sure. twice or four times as long as you would have been so but it, i mean it, to it have to make 500 million just to break even oh, this was God. never gonna be the cash cali wanted it to be no uh, also a leak from warner brothers says at no point do they ever consider putting it on streaming 
They mm-hmm. knew they needed to make this money. Not publicly. <laughs> right. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. yeah, I guess if, what, Trolls... Trolls World Tour made like a hundred million on streaming. So oh, yeah. if they were like, oh, if we're if if the best possible <laughs> sure. is gonna be a fifth of what we need to make back, nah, we're going in theater. Sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, Batman has COVID. Yeah. This dropped yeah. right after last week's episode. Robert, so everyone already knows, but yep, Robert, Robert Pattinson, Pat and Pat, has COVID. Uh, Warner Brothers released a statement that was so non-committal. It's just like, we're still uh, looking into this. We're still doing an investigation. We don't really have anything to say about it. Like, of course you yeah. don't, you motherfuckers. Like a, like a week or two ago, they had said that it was like an unnamed crew member or something well, where like do you think he got COVID. it from yeah uh, i just like that wb put out like all this like we're the safest studio in the world and here's all the health and <laughs> yeah, safety measures we're doing star and, has it. and then the star <laughs> fucking got it uh more heartbreaking mm. the rock yep. his wife and his two children all had and are now over covid yep but uh also I, uh michael rooker I think I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the rock was like, he went, he had this really beautiful Instagram, like 11 minute video where he's like, I am such like a, like a hardcore regulated person. Yeah. And we were already on lockdown and all it took was one family friend who we trusted mm. to give it to the whole family. So if you're going out and seeing friends and seeing family, make sure y'all test it. Um, which, you know, I could be better at. I'm pretty <laughs> yeah. hardcore about lockdown, but I haven't been the best. Mm. You know, I went to a wedding, but you know, we were all tested. Yeah, you all but tested still, before the wedding, but yeah, still, you gotta, you gotta trust that everybody's actually doing the test. Well, everyone had to show the tests. Oh, nice! But that was a the good staff policy. at the venue didn't. Mm, that's true. They you were all wearing the, masks. The venue, but the caterers, all of the, the bar next door yeah. that the groom went over to have a shot beforehand. Mm. Like, we don't know, so we could be better. Um, yeah, but you know, I'm glad the Rock and everyone got got better he did look a little rough and he said him and his wife went through hell during it the kids just had a mild cough yeah but he said it was really really rough yeah if it can fuck up the rock the fucking rock (laughs) it it will fuck you up it is the person in the best shape in the world yeah the highest paid man in the world yeah um the highest paid man in the world to be the most fit man in the world sure it knocked the shit out of him yeah yeah. The living embodiment where, of Chris Traeger. your mask, people? Uh, here's a piece of news that's uh, bright and entertaining. Mm. Now, uh, I had reported before mm-hmm. that uh, they saw Sasha Barrett Cohen being Borat yes. in a truck. And I like, God, please don't just be like a stupid commercial. Uh, oh, yeah. Like the Crocodile Dundee thing. Just yeah. be real. <laughs> yeah. And sure enough, Borat 2 has finished Boom. shooting. Hell yeah. Borat 2. Oh now, my god. So they went through all of principal photography and somebody finally just caught them right as they were like rapping. Here's why. <laughs> because the leak, uh, like the little tiny yummy tidbits of the movie are mm-hmm. that in the universe of Borat, the documentary got so much attention that people are recognizing him any everywhere. Oh, that's genius. So Borat has to go undercover. Oh, that's so genius. They're saying Just it's more like reality as your yeah. premise. It's like oh. Sasha Barra Cohen playing Borat who's playing Sasha Barra Cohen. That's oh, what they're fantastic. saying. Um, so the stuff where he's in public is the very last thing they filmed. Yeah, that makes sense. Because, um, yeah, if, if anything is going to leak... 
make it the thing sure. that you shoot last so that all your previous footage isn't fucked. It is shot. <laughs> there is a raw cut that's already been seen. Uh, I have a friend in the movie industry who mm-hmm. says that their friend, this is a friend of a friend, all right, friend has friend. seen the raw cut Oh shit! and that he came out with his sides hurting that it lives up mm. to the first one. Yes. That it is absolutely incredible. Hell yeah. Uh, so I'm very excited. This is the best thing that's happened to film maybe in the history of mankind. <laughs> there will be a Borat too. Oh, uh, the, the things that we don't know are like who produced it? Like who, <laughs> yeah. who directed it? Was it now it was a Fox movie, but Sasha Bear Cohen had all the IP because it was mm. an existing character. He was allowed to walk away with the character. Yeah. And they didn't know it was going to be Fox. a big hit isn't owned by Fox anymore. Right, but now imagine if Fox did have the rights, they would have reverted to Disney, and then yeah. it never would have gotten made. No. So, I'm pretty excited. Now, I would love to see a second scene with uh, uh, Azamat Bagatov, uh, yeah. where they're rolling around naked and running in the, through the hotel with the, yeah, with the rubber yeah. fist. But I we'll wonder, yeah, I wonder if this is going to be like the newly branded like um, Searchlight Productions, as opposed to Fox Searchlight. I want to just like him. independent movie division sure. of what used to be Fox. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be completely separate. Word. I think it'll have nothing to do with them. Uh, all right, moving on. Netflix live adaptation of Carmen Sandiego, <laughs> which I did not know was a thing. I feel like I might have even reported on it, but then forgot. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I didn't know it was a continuation. I forgot this was going to be a thing. It's a continuation of their animated show, and I didn't know that. Oh, okay. So it's, um, I have it written down here, Gina Rodriguez voices Carmen Sandiego in the two seasons of the animated show. Word. And she's going to be Carmen Sandiego nice. in the live action, which is Hell pretty yeah. fucking awesome. Nice. And it's going to dive into the backstory of Carmen. And okay. then th- the movie is going to go into season three. This is a good example of pre-building a world. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? And doing it the right way. So now like the movie already has like a whole like um, a, a, amount of stylization to, to mm. go into. We already know what to expect from, from, yeah, uh, yeah. from Gina. Uh, I will say this. I, I'm not a big fan of pre-universe building, mm-hmm. but if they are right now working on a way to do a Where's Waldo and then have them team up <laughs> yeah. as like super spies, I'd be really fucking happy. Um, Carmen our, San Diego's got to travel around the world looking for where Waldo is. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, okay, uh, there's a lot of shit to say about the Ray Fisher stuff going on mm-hmm. at Warner Brothers. And yes. I'm going to reserve some of what I see because there's so many articles. I start going cross-eyed. Yeah. But to catch everyone up, here's what happened. Ray Fisher said, <laughs> shocking to no one, that working on set with Joss Whedon uh, was abusive uh, yeah. uh, verbally or otherwise. Terrible. Um, in general really demeaning to Zack Snyder and his dead family members yeah and just like all in all like took the premise of this beautiful movie and hack and slashed it and we know we've and we've known for years mm-hmm. that Ray Fisher was supposed to be more the main character of the yeah, movie yeah supposed to be the heart of the movie and then they he, they really cut him out and made him say booyah yeah uh, which is bullshit it really reminds me of what they did to Ernie Hudson in Ghostbusters oh yeah how like the original part was written for Eddie Murphy and he was supposed to be one of the more yeah, four main guys. Be four main guys, and, and now it's the three main guys and the other one. Right, and that's the script they gave to Ernie Hudson. And then the week of shooting, they're like, "Oh, here's your new script." And his main line is, "I'll do anything for a paycheck." Yeah, uh, just insult, you know, uh, yeah, insult yeah, yeah. to injury. So, uh, I'm gonna reserve some of the story, and we'll talk more about it next week when we have a little more time. Word. Uh, but it's important to remember that always believe Ray Fisher. Yeah. Uh, 
that yeah. Joss Whedon has been known to be kind of scummy in the past, despite kind of heralding himself as like, you know, like yeah. the, and, the rights of the smaller and person. And also like keep in mind that uh, Ray Fisher comes from like a theater background. He's a sure. professional, you know, in theater before he came over to movies. So right. it, it's not like... It, he's he's got the the leeway to say I don't need the film career, right? So I can speak to things that maybe my co actors who only do film don't want to be out saying. Sure, you know he's he's got more you know believability in that he you know he can afford to lose his right. position in the film industry, right? And uh, but that being said, it's not in his best interest to speak yeah. up. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, I'm sure he'd make a fuckload more money staying in the film industry. Sure, but, you know. said, and I call off of also what John Boyega is doing. Yeah. By like publicly, one, saying fuck you if you're a racist. And two, Star Wars wouldn't know what to do with a black character if they were handed, you know, $500 yeah. billion, dollars, which they were. Yeah. Uh, and that that's a bummer. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, like Ray Fisher, it's important, and I'm excited for the Snyder Cut. Uh, Jason Momoa just came out in support of him and said, oh yeah, everything that he's saying is absolutely correct. We just don't want to talk about it. Fuck yeah. Uh, so I like that. Yeah. Uh, I like Ray Fisher. I'm excited for the Snyder Cut. I hope Joss Whedon doesn't get any more big time jobs. Go back to what you're good at. Yeah. Go make some TV and shut the fuck up. Yeah. Maybe uh, go back to being a writer. Yeah, why don't you do that? Do that by yourself. (laughs) Yeah, Have somebody take your thing and shoot it with other people in the room. Yeah, if you're not good working with people, don't fucking work with people. Yeah. That's that. You know what, write, uh, just go back to writing Firefly comics. I'll read them. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Won't pay for them, but we'll read them. So, (laughs) Tom Cruise uh, got caught. Uh. At his new Mission Impossible stunt. Oh, snap. Uh, yes. Twitter post uh, has Tom Cruise literally just driving a motorcycle off a cliff <laughs> with a bungee cord Christ. attached to him. Uh, and here, I, I want to bring up just like the article I wrote made a really good point that a lot of the Mission Impossible movies, the buzz is about the stunt first and the story second. Oh, yeah. And then when we see the movie, the movie's actually pretty good. Yeah. So I went back and I watched uh, Mission Impossible 4 today, Ghost yeah. Protocol. Uh, I'd never seen it before, or if I had, I'd forgotten it. A solid <laughs> fucking movie. And, like, mm-hmm. I've been on a James Bond kick, too. And I'm like, he really is just American James Bond oh, with a yeah. team. Um, and I fucking, I really like the Mission Impossible movies. And I don't want to like them. I don't want to like <laughs> yeah. Tom Cruise. I don't want to like these movies. I want to say they're stupid, but they're fucking good. Yeah. And I watched the last, like, three. Yeah. Real good. <laughs> I know. And I watched the video of this stunt, and I'm like, damn, I do want to see this. And to his credit, Tom Cruise really does... Put his life on the line oh, every yeah. time. Yeah. And like, I'll make fun of the shooting in space every <laughs> single day. Yeah. But like, a I mean, lot of shit already, can go wrong in space. Yeah. He's already jumped out of ostensibly, uh, you know, spaceship at yeah. high altitude and filmed sure. himself doing it. This is for the one the where movie. he climbed like, the Burj Khalifa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, and 134 tallest, stories tallest up. building at the time. Yeah. yeah. And then what? He hung off the airplane. Yep, and do the halo jump. The halo jump, yeah. Yeah. So you know what? high altitude where you have to wear a pressurized suit because you're basically in space. And I want to hate Tom Cruise, (laughs) and I especially want to hate any organizations uh, he's involved with. And I do, don't get me wrong. But it is cool to see someone push the human limit, what they can do. Yeah. And then I was just thinking, what if if there was a drinking game where you drank every time he ran in a movie? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, with a fingertip yeah. straight out, too. But he <laughs> runs so much, and I can't imagine. It's like his Quentin Tarantino feet thing. Like, every movie sure. he's in, he's running. I heard a rumor, and I don't know if it's true or not, but I saw it in an article that, like, part of his uh, mummy contract was when he's running, no one's allowed to run with him because he doesn't like to be slowed down. He wants to show that he is, like, peak of human running. Jesus and I, I buy that so, and like yeah. i kind of agree with it like if you spent your yeah. whole career running and like your cool thing of an actor is i yeah. can run faster than anyone yeah, so it's like it, it's not in the contract that he can't be outrunning somebody it's just that they can't be keeping up with him right like if he was okay. cast with usain bolt <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah who i think got covid i'm pretty <laughs> oh, sure dude, i saw Jesus. that uh but Another, like if he like, was running peak with, of human yeah. fitness but if he was running with usain bolt he'd be like great this is awesome i gotta mm-hmm. push myself to catch up with him and i believe that he would want to push himself yeah i do believe that part <laughs> of tom cruise is a good person not yeah. all of them but some yeah. of them yeah all right well, I'm sure when you're like, especially with all of the Scientology stuff, like when you're that high up in it, you're shielded. Oh, we just call it the so organization of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's, yeah, he, he doesn't ever have, is he's never in the, the, the chance of a possibility of seeing anything bad with any of it. Yeah. You know, sure. it's not that he's seen the bad of it and he's ignoring it. He's just never in the position to find out that he's part of a terrible thing. Sure. Um, no Time to Die trailer dropped. Yeah. A couple days ago. Did you see it? Yes. Oh, it's yeah, good. I got a little update about it with. Right, hold, yeah. hold it to yourself. Oh, uh, no. It's, yeah. It's, uh, the, uh, <laughs> I like it. I like that every movie he seems a little more desperate. A little less mm. in control, a little more hurt. Like, yeah, I like that they keep continually show the uh, what happens to a human being after being subjected to all this. Mm-hmm. Like he's falling, and you can see the pain on his face, and you can see like how many things he's he instead of being controlled, he's like just getting by by the skin of his teeth. Yeah, uh, he also seems to be becoming more like numb too. Oh sure, because the the shot that I really love uh, towards the end of the trailer where the they're like in a wooded area, hilly wooded area, mm-hmm. and a jeep is just coming at him, trying yeah. to basically drive over him. It yeah. flips over, over him, him, and he just kind of like just turns looking at it and just fires at yeah, it sure. as it falls off the next cliff. Sure. Well, it's just like, it's just you know, him just like, any adrenaline junk man. Just like, yeah, you're literally just throwing Jeeps at me now. He's, he's <laughs> less reactive. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I looked at, uh, the actor, the actress who is, um, portraying the new 007 is very mm-hmm. militant and i like that like yeah, get the yeah, fuck yeah. out of my way because i'll shoot you yeah um the other female lead whose name escapes me she's in she's an assassin in mission impossible 4 and i started screaming yeah, about yeah, yeah. that okay that's where i was recognizing her from yeah. too okay yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but all in all it looks great i'm excited for that movie i need more james bond i like that christoph waltz is back yeah um, who's yeah. the the new bad guy? His name escapes me too. Oh, uh, he played Freddie Mercury. Rami Malek. Yeah, 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 there we go. Um, he he looks fucking great, and everything just looks good. It just looks like it's well shot, and looks like it's fun, looks like it's more to the roots. Like I'm hoping for another mm. Casino Royale because that's what I really fucking want. Yeah, and uh, the only All thing right, I, I had was at the end of the trailer. Like we were speculating last. Oh week. yeah, what does it say? Uh, I didn't even it look. says in theaters November. Oh, so presu- shit. There's presumably no way. they just made the one trailer for international use. Right. And uh, they're sticking with the plan so far to be out uh, the 12th in the UK, the 20th in the US. Sure. So 
as as far as we'll they're say. saying out in November. I doubt <laughs> it. Um, all right, my last piece of regular news. Mm-hmm. Writer Ed Solomon. Okay. Ed Solomon wrote Now You See Me. Okay. And he wrote Now You See Me Too. <laughs> and he got <laughs> Which should have been called Now You Don't. He got in a fight <laughs> over Dan the title. <laughs> uh, because he originally wrote it as Now You Don't. Oh god damn it. Dan Harmon's got like Hours of material of him talking really? about how it should have been called Now You Don't. It was written as Now You See Me, Now You Don't. Oh, and the producers put the kibosh on it. And he said it was the biggest fight he's been in his career. And a lot of it has to do with like how movies are cataloged Like when you're searching for it. Yeah. Like no one's going to look for Now You Don't. Yeah, Now uh, You Don't. But yeah, AKA like the missed opportunity. Too. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, and I like that story a lot. That's it. That's the whole story. He just oh, wanted to man. call it Now You Don't. I really <laughs> liked the first one. I really hated, uh, quote unquote, Now You Don't. I, I, I don't even stupid. remember. That's why. Anything about that yeah. movie. It's not It's not good. There's that one scene where they're like, they're hiding a playing card and they're like flipping it to each other. But it, it becomes superpowers. Like the, instead of like <laughs> yeah. being good magicians, it's like, oh, we've got technology that makes all the trick works, but we don't explain it. And like, it's that thing where it's like any <laughs> yeah. advanced enough technology will look like magic yeah, to someone. It's how they magic. explain it away, but they yeah. don't explain the technology. So it just looks like they have superpowers. <laughs> Goofy idiots with superpowers. <laughs> all right, let's do some Dan news. What do you got? Ooh, all right. Yeah, for us this week. Uh, so, it's, I guess technically this happened last week. Hit me. Um, but uh, the uh, director of Eternals, uh, Chloe Zhao. Yeah. Who, um, uh, let's see. She had an interview with the Hollywood Reporter uh, last week uh, talking about she's got two movies coming out. Um, another badass female director doing awesome movies. Sure. Um, she was, her breakout movie was the rider in 2017, which was a South by pick. Okay. Um, was nominated for 43 awards. Wow. 124 of them in various. Um, oh, not at South by. Not at South okay, by. Okay, I'm like, that's a she, lot think, of fucking awards. Yeah, no, I think she was by. nominated for two at South by in uh, 2017, 2018. Okay. Um, but across all of the uh, platforms, she won 24 awards for the movie. Um, she's got two movies coming out. One of them is called Nomad Land. Uh, starring Frances McDormand, which is right. a very small independent movie sure. that I think Frances McDormand either wrote um, or like came up with the story because okay. um, she was the one who picked uh, Chloe Zhao to direct. Okay, um, and that's coming out uh, December fourth, which I don't know if that was the original planned date. And sure, they we're just never going to know for most of this shit. Yeah, yeah. whatever. Um, but she's also doing the Eternals for yeah. Marvel, which is very different, <laughs> very, figure. very bigger scale. Um, and she had a very cool thing uh, that she said in the Hollywood Reporter interview that uh, Kevin Feige and Marvel are being way more open to be less controlling of directors. Oh, um, since they've been having such good um, outcomes with stuff like. James Gunn Taika. and Taika Waititi um, and people who have a style that people enjoy just right. letting them do their style mm-hmm. um, and uh, Ryan Coogler as well was one of the examples of just like letting good directors direct how they direct 
Um, and she said, the quote was, uh, I shot exactly the way I wanted to shoot, on location, a lot of magic hour, 360 degrees on the same camera as I did on Nomadland. Same rigs. It felt surreal. Wow. I'm waiting for the shoe to drop. It hasn't. I think I got lucky in that Marvel wants to take risks and do something different. That's rad. Uh, and there is apparently one of the set, one of the many set pieces in this movie is a... 50 person plus Bollywood dance scene. I've heard about that. <laughs> Which Kumail Nanjiani was ecstatic about. Sure. Because his character as an Eternal is a Bollywood movie star. Oh, that's cool. And he's a uh, Pakistani American. Yeah. Like, he was like beaming that there's like there's 50 right. brown people in a scene in a marvel movie like sure. this is nuts <laughs> uh, he recently took to social media to say the movie is worth the wait but again he's mm. in it so <laughs> yeah. i would say the same thing yeah not that i don't trust him yeah but apparently yeah this is this is marvel's new style is is letting letting the reins out a little bit. That's great. And saying that like, oh, these movies are better when we like we hire these directors for a reason. They're great directors. <laughs> like, let them make the thing. That I they bet want. that'll have less act, uh, director turnover too, because we yeah. always hear about the. Uh, I wonder if they had uh, let Scott Derrickson do his mm-hmm. thing. Would he still have? Yeah, exactly. You know, Doctor Strange too. Yeah. So yep. yeah, still excited to see what Sam Raimi will do with oh, yeah. it. But yeah, how about an interview? Uh, yeah. Let's speaking do, of directors, let's speaking about famous directors, how about director of Netflix's Mercy Black and Bloodfest mm-hmm. and fucking published author and all around incredible human being, a member of the Master Pancakes uh, yeah, series. Yeah, yeah. Master Panakaku. That's right. <laughs> uh, which we discussed in the interview that was originally called Mr. Sinus Theater. <laughs> And then they got sued. Oh. Because Mr. Sinus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, here we go. Here's my interview with Owen. Yeah, great. Oh, what's on your mug? Is it an exciting oh, mug? It, it, well, I don't, I don't use non-exciting mugs, unexciting mugs. This oh shit, a, Waffle House Christmas mug. This particular one, maybe my favorite. I don't know. I don't know. It's they're all my favorites. 2015. 2015. Um, I do love. I love Waffle House, uh, oh, and yeah. I love Waffle House Christmas mugs. Um, I didn't know. And, it was no, nor did I. And then we, my family and I, were in a Waffle House in Galveston, Texas, sweet. and uh, and I saw it. I was like, "Oh my sweet God, I want that!" And I, I, I think what happened is I asked. I said, "Do you have a waffle, any of those waffle mugs?" Like they had one on display. I'm like, "We just sold the last one." I was like, "Ah!" Oh. And I went back to the table, and my wife was like, "Look what I just bought you!" And she had Aww. it. She'd been one. Yeah, that's so, like gift of the Magi, but at Waffle House. Yes, right. You don't know what I sold in order to get her waffles. Oh, oh. All my coffee. I sold all my coffee. Oh. <laughs> I sold my fingers. So now I can't even hold the coffee mug. Oh. It's sad, really. That's a bummer. She sold her syrup. So, she did. She well. did. all right. You ready to do some sweet ass uh, interview in here? Yeah, I thought we already were. No, we we're just fucking around. We we're talking about. Uh, oh, okay. Mugs. I don't know. Maybe I'll keep it in now. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, first okay. and most important question. Yes. How are you dealing with looking into the void and it looking back and uh, it filling you with existential dread? Oh, you mean the, the, the dread of void of 2020? 
I mean any void. Just the, the general oh, darkness anyway. surrounding all of us. Yes. Uh, you know, I gotta say, I'm um, I, I'm not feeling as uh, consumed by dread. Yeah, you seem pretty uh, you know, uh, hardcore. You seem like fine. I'm. I've had. I mean, I've definitely you know had those moments. Sure. Uh, and um, and I definitely you know my my parents my mother's Welsh. So every now and then my mother will go, "Isn't this the most horrible week?" I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, and it sort of wakes this optimist in me to kind of like, you know, to sort of counter that a little bit sure. uh, of like, well, there's, there, it, without a doubt, like there's horrible things going on. And, and then there's also like necessary horrible things going on, whether it's like a call for justice or a recognition finally uh, that we um, have a system that is not looking out for the people most in need in our country and has enabled people to grow increasingly uh, wealthier uh, to, to extreme uh, uh, ways, extreme levels, while allowing the, you know, the worker, the, the, the majority of people to, to be living without a net, without a safety net. Um, you know, we, we're, in, we're on the Titanic. And yeah. it, the Titanic did, didn't have enough lifeboats well before the iceberg. It wasn't the iceberg's fault, right? It was not the iceberg's fault. Icebergs just exist. Um, it was the system that built the Titanic that, that believed that if you had more money and your skin looked a certain way and you had the right family, that you, your life mattered more. And, and we are still dealing with that same. We didn't learn the lesson. Damn. But now, now I think maybe we are. Maybe we are. What? So, yeah. Ever the optimist. That's great. Now, when you say your mother is Welch, is she in the UK? No, my family. I I was born in the UK as well. I uh, I was born in Ascot, England. Uh, okay. My family all immigrated to Texas forty five years ago last month. We, wow. we immigrated to Texas. Yeah. See, it when was I a big think deal, of Keith. yeah, it is a big. When I think of the UK, I'm thinking like um. Like they stopped progressing past like the 1800s, so it's still like plague land there. So I thought maybe your parents would be set up for this, but you know if they're here, they're fucked like everyone else. It's, it's that's one of been one of the things my mom has been saying, like oh, in uh, 45 years ago we made the mistake of bringing you <laughs> to Texas. And I'm like, it's does your mom really sound like that? And, uh, I mean, <laughs> that'd be amazing. <laughs> I, I mean, I know. My mom's pretty, both my parents are remarkably uh, charming and, uh, sure. and charismatic. Um, eventually, they do like commercials around town. They're doctors, they're retired doctors, but every now and then you'll see them in like a commercial that they'll do in town or something like that. What? They're, they're, yeah, they're my heroes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, 45 years ago, I mean, I, it was weird when we came. We immigrated and I was uh, like two and a half, so I was basically a toddler. But, right. you know, they landed before they came to Texas. They spent a day or two in Florida and went to Disneyland. And for my family to go, like, first, my dad remembers, like, going to Burger King. And they're mm -hmm. like, hey, sir, here's free crowns. And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. I know you're trying to rip me off. I will not be paying for those crowns. <laughs> and they, they were staying in, like, a Holiday Inn, but it happened to have, like, a pool on the roof, like, in Orlando. And my mm -hmm. brothers were like, oh, my God. God, this is America. And then they yeah. woke up, you know, burgers and a pool on the roof. And, this is, you know, 1975. And they're like, 
and and the next day they went to Disneyland. First day, my brothers are in America, and we're sure. going to Disneyland. They're like, I like America. You know, radically different, but I wish yeah. America was just like that now. Just Burger Kings and Disneyland and rooftop pools. <laughs> I can't even kind of like that. Uh, all right, um, moving on. What are you watching now? What what movies are tickling your balls? Um, well, <laughs> uh, let's see. Movie wise, I did watch. Finally, watched uh, Host last night, the Shutter original, uh, which was, was like the first film. It was good. Um, you know, it's a it's a a lockdown, it's a pandemic movie. Uh, that oh takes shit. place on a on a Zoom room basically, or a Skype room. Oh like, shit! It's, it's a bunch of former college friends, like a couple of years out of college, and they get together and they're like, hey, hey, let's get together like we do every week or every two weeks and right, and let's pour some drinks and talk about their lives for a bit. But tonight we're doing a seance. We've got this friend who's going to do a seance and things go horribly right. And it's super good. It's like an hour long and it's super Damn. good. Uh, and then I've been watching, uh, uh, I, I, I was never a TV watcher growing up. I just didn't do much TV. Sure. Um, but of course, TV has changed radically, and, and career-wise, like, I need to watch more TV. So um, I've been watching a lot of great shows. Like, of course, Watchmen was incredible. Oh, I love Watchmen. I oh, my gosh. I finally watched Picard. That was yeah. like early. Yes. That was early for me, like early early uh, pandemic. On your recommendation, and I just adored it. It was just calm balls, comfort food. It's fun, oh. dude. That so show good. was so much more fun than I thought it was going to be. It was it was great. It was. Have great. you watched Cobra Kai yet? No, haven't watched you, that one. You yet. gotta watch. I, I was so not giving a shit about Cobra Kai for the longest time, and then finally yeah. someone like twisted my arm, and I can't get over how it's one of the best TV shows I've ever seen in my life. And what? Ever I in know. your life? Ever okay, in my life? Well. It is the perfect mix of like real story and '80s camp. Uh, yeah. I could not get over how well this show is and i'm like angry about it i'm like fuck you cobra kai you have no wow. business being good wow okay all right well i you know what i wonder what they're gonna do during sweeps week oh Maybe. boo <laughs> boo <laughs> oh that's great um i, I have been watching I've... also the boys have you been watching the boys on amazon no, the this voice. Like, uh, the boys. Oh, the boys. Yes, I've been watching the boys. I said the voice and the voice isn't on Amazon. <laughs> what a weird departure to watch the voice on top of all that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I love the boys, man. That shit's um, it is like it is beyond me how, like they've taken some things that I kind of foresee as like very, very niche and p- kind of part of like the horror community, like um. Uh, I don't want to spoil too much, but like the body horror part when the deep is talking oh, yeah. to certain parts of himself, I'm like, this feels like a like a short you'd see at a horror festival, not right. something on a mainstream TV show. And I love that they're incorporating that kind of shit. Yeah, they definitely like. It seems I I, I haven't finished the first season yet, but like every episode has it's intentionally it feels like one thing that is like a gore, total like oh my god moment. Uh, and that's been super fun. I've been watching it with my 15-year-old, which makes me maybe an irresponsible parent, but uh, we're enjoying it. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I also feel like yeah. it's the most realistic take on superheroes I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, since Super, I, I agree. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love Super. Um, also, like, uh, you know, I think a movie that everyone always says way beyond its time, like uh, Mystery Men. Oh, yeah. When, um, so when good. The, when uh, what's it, what's it, what's the main guy? Is he uh, Mister Fantastic, Captain Fantastic, the main guy? Anyway, the the, the main hero yeah. that gets captured, uh, Greg Kinnear plays, and he's like he loses his Pepsi endorsement, and he's super pissed off. Like at the time, you know that scene is such an affront to what a superhero should be, but now it's like, oh yeah, anyone famous is gonna have some sort of endorsement and be pissed off for losing it, and it all just makes sense. It all just makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you working on now? What kind of projects you got in the pipeline? Of things you're allowed to talk about, of course. Uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to think. Um, so I think one thing I can talk about is uh, I'm doing a narrative podcast uh, for Rooster Teeth and, and Warner Media, but Rooster Teeth uh, called uh, Beneath. And it's a, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a story about like a submarine expedition that goes down to the Titanic and finds that it, not everyone on there is dead. <laughs> <laughs> I guess let me do it. That's why Titanic is uh, on your brain. Titanic, that's right. I mean, Titanic is exactly right. Titanic has been on my brain a lot, and so the comparisons uh, are always bubbling up. Um, so I'm really enjoying that. Uh, I'm writing a new novel, which has been kind of cool. I'm, not, I, you know, I think a lot of writers, and I don't know about if you keep, but I, I know a lot of writers were like. Aha, okay, I gotta stay home. This is back, you know, in March. Going, great, dream come true, start to writing. And then found themselves like, click, click, click. Oh, oh yeah. God, I can't do anything. Yeah, so slow. And I, mean, and I, I was, was so I was worried at the beginning, I couldn't write. It took me five months of pandemic to start writing again, but now I'm writing up a storm. Oh, great. It took I'm me still, adjustment time, hardcore. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Because and, and I, along with it, just yeah. No, you got. <laughs> I was gonna say along with the adjustment time is like also the sort of nagging thing of like you should be writing. Oh yeah. <laughs> but like yeah. I was always writing because as like okay the way I get myself to write is I'm gonna let the dishes pile up and then tell myself look you either do dishes or you write and that's how I sit myself down like okay at least I'm getting away from something I don't, I don't want but now with like no job and no prospects and nothing to do during a pandemic it's like I have time for everything so I'm not going to do fucking anything uh, yeah yeah there's yeah. no distraction it's all a distraction and it's oh but now it's I'm all... getting in a rhythm and you know, writing again and it's it's great I write best at like 4 in the morning oh it's great yeah yeah. I like that. I, I, I deal with that. Yeah. I mean, that is, so I'm working on some other things and some TV uh, projects that I'm, I'm super excited about. Um, sure. And it's, I, I don't know. I love get like you mentioned Titanic and like, I love getting into something that is an excuse to sort of research or go deep into like some weird thing that I'm excited about. And no one else is. And I can just go like, Oh, you just gave me permission to just go deep into that. And, buy all the books and read and watch oh, strange yeah. videos and my obsession was kind of like i mean that was like the, you know my last novel hollow was like i got a little obsessed with hollow earth theory sure <laughs> so yeah i like i got obsessed with hollow earth theory and the book of job and i said well what if i just put those two together and that that made a novel oh i love it uh, oh, I, yeah. I went down a weird rabbit hole after watching Hamilton like a million times. Yeah. Like, I started researching the time between 
like the end of the Revolutionary War and the Treaty of Paris, which recognized the United States as a, as a country. It was like this huge like bundle of time where like everything was nebulous and we were still kind of fighting the British, but not. And it was always oh. like secret little fights we were having. But it's really fascinating. Like this long chunk of time where it's like nobody knew what to do because like they were still negotiating a treaty, but the British hadn't left yet. They just kind of surrendered, but not left, and still had superiority of numbers. Whoa, that's super interesting. Yeah, because in my head, you know, like the Battle of Yorktown happens, they they wave the white flag, and like, great, we're a country. But it didn't happen like that. There was this huge nebulous time. So that's what I'm, I just like YouTube rabbit holes and Wikipedia articles and like all these people that died for no reason because there was no real war. They were just pissed off at each other, Yeah. which, no, I can empathize with, you know, today. Yeah, right. Totally. Yeah. What else are you working on? uh, You know, maintaining my own uh, outrage. Uh, When I say maintaining my own outrage, it's actually two things. Actually, as I say that one is making sure that I'm not consumed by my own outrage at the uh, lack of competence is too kind a way to put how this administration has handled everything. Right. Uh, that's, that's way too small of a way to put it. But also I'm finding that I, I need to, like if I stop being outraged by new things that come up, uh, new information, another video of, uh, a black man being killed at the hands of police officers. Uh, another sort of horrible comment being said by a person. If I, if I am no longer outraged, then then something is wrong. I, right. I become numb or accustomed to this. Sure. Like, well, that's just the way it is, uh, to, to quote the man. And uh, and so I simultaneously want to make sure that I'm not like, oh, just Twitter angry, Twitter scrolling and rage, but also that I'm not like, you know what, it's just how it is. I, w- I want to be... I want both. I want to be outraged and maybe what it is, I want to be outraged and allow that outrage to lead to action in some way. Sure. And so I've been trying to manage that. Yeah. Just fight the complacency. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Um, now correct me if I'm wrong, please. Cause I might have this okay. wrong. I see this pop up my You're feed right. every once in a while. I'm wrong. I usually am. You're going to be, you either are or going to be teaching a horror writing class. I am. I want both is correct. Okay, hit I, me. I, I, taught, I taught a class for Sundance, uh, the Sundance Institute uh, collab, uh, back. Well, fun, interesting enough, it, we, we started back when, when this whole thing was starting, the lockdown. It was always going to be an online class. Right. Because uh, Sundance was trying to do more in online classes so you can have more people from around the world who couldn't necessarily make it to one location. Um, but it, it took on this new significance because we were right in the middle of the global sort of pandemic at that point. Uh, and now we're doing another one. So starting this month, um, uh, I'll be doing the Sundance, another Sundance co- uh, collab uh, about writing screenplays for horror and psychological thrillers. Cool. Did you see like in a fact, big boost a in it? Do what? Just got a book that I ordered today. It just came out called how to write a horror movie. I, I, it's by Neil Bell. I don't know really much about it, but I was like, ooh, it kind of looked cool. So, oh, yeah. Uh, that can be I your textbook. Maybe <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, did you see, like, a big boost in attendance for the first one because everyone was stuck inside? It's still out. You know, I, and I don't know when. I'm not, I, I wasn't really watching how 
uh, how it filled out. And the second right. one has, has filled out too. I think they actually had to turn some people away. Um, yeah. And and I think that is a lot. I mean, I think people want to do it anyway. You know, Sundance does a really great job, and uh, it's very cool to 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 be you know with these folks from like you know hey, I'm from Brazil. Like I'm in Ireland right now, and oh I'm in LA. It's just all these people together. We do this cool thing, Keith. Tell um, me. So I will. So every week we assign the, the, the class a movie, a horror movie. And we started doing this thing like, well, why don't we just watch it together? So like, why don't we Aww. like, you know, uh, we'll, we'll watch it together. I'll, I'll stream it. And then, you know, we, we have the chat room open. So usually about half the class shows up for that. So, you know, it'll be like Sunday night. And, you know, I'll come out to the shed and I'll, I'll watch Hereditary or whatever it is. And we'll be watching it and, like, you know, people start kind of chatting. And that ends up being, like, this unexpected level of community. But also, like, how cool to be watching a cool horror movie and being able to talk about it as it's happening in chat. You know, you, I usually I don't like talking during movies unless right. I'm making jokes over it. Right, um, of course. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh. But it's been really cool. I, I I get a lot out of that. Nice. That's wonderful. Oh, speaking of jokes over movies, uh, I've definitely been tuning into Master Pancakes. Uh, now, if it's a Master Pancake where you're not there, I immediately turn it off, of course. Oh, I understand. I understand. You know, yeah. there's only one per- funny person there. But uh, I can't <laughs> believe there. Uh, for anyone listening who doesn't know, Master Pancake is like a, a local. Riff tracks or mystery science theater 3000 type thing where local comedians talk over a movie and Owen is the funniest one. Ah! <laughs> uh, but every once in a while, man, I'll tune into these and like my roommate like runs in is like, are you okay? Cause I'm just like doubled over myself laughing because you know, there's few joys in life anymore since the world has gone to shit. And, uh, but that's one of them, man, that, it, you know, John, the first one we did, in the pandemic is like for St. Patrick's day, the, mm-hmm. like the, we were going to be doing during South by, we do a, a master pancake with the Doug Benson who right. was at in LA. We always do the leprechaun movies. Yeah. And we were like, well, what if we finally canceled it? We're like, okay, mm-hmm. we're canceling this. And uh, of course, along with everything else. And then we just did it online and we just didn't know how we were doing it. And John's done all this research and he's just kept it going now for all these months of like shows that we did, you know, over, now we're going back, you know, we're seeing how far, going back to the old Sinus days, which was our, the original name of the show. And What uh, was it called? Doing the, uh, it was called, the original name was Mr. Sinus Theater. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. That we were that. Funny. It was uh, me, John, and Jerem Pollitt. Uh, and you got a cease the, and desist. The, we got a cease and desist. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, from Mystery Science Theater. We now do shows with Mystery Science Theater. We do shows I with know. those guys. But from some corporate side of that sued us. Uh, sure. And we, yeah, we eventually became uh, the pancake, uh, Master Pancake, through, through a bunch of different ups and downs. But John's done a great job of keeping that going. And, yeah, they do shows. It's like a, a show on Wednesday night. A Thursday night, they, they watched all of Lone Star, 911 Lone Star, Lone Star 911. Yep. And, did live jokes and I joined them a couple times for that. And, uh, and then movies on Friday and Saturday, some movie we've done and it's, it's been a blast. It's been really cool. And again, largely, I mean, the shows are super fun, but it's also like, it's this gathering of people who are talking to each other. It's happening in the chat room on Twitch. Uh, at Sometimes it's thousands. 
Yeah, I'll log into Twitch. I'll stop in there. And I usually start, you know, about like, okay, if it starts at 7, I'll log in at 7.30 because, you know, John Erler is going to talk for half an hour. Um, And then I'll watch the movie. And then, yeah, there's like, sometimes there's like 3,000 people or more just watching and chatting. And uh, most of the time they just repeat the jokes, which has always been bizarre to me. Like someone will say a joke (laughs) and then like a thousand people will type it like we all just didn't hear it. <laughs> that's kind of a way of applauding. It's like you know, sure. You know, when when you laugh out loud, you're laughing out loud. It's like some, I guess, it's some way of like letting the people around you know that it's funny. I don't know why evolution made us laugh, but if you're laughing out loud alone in your house, then you have to get online and go ha 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 that joke. Right. <laughs> I mean, I guess before the internet, I did just sit around and quote like Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore to people like endlessly for years. So. I guess that is, you know, it's a form of flattery. Um, How's uh, how's the, are you still doing your podcast, The Horror? You know, it's funny. So, yeah, Keith, uh, uh, I mean, so Keith, Keith, I was going to say Keith Wright, my college roommate, but uh, Russell Sharman and I uh, did that for a long time. And then right when all this started and we started locking down here in in the States, I I just, I have a stomach for it. You know, I was just like, I mean, it's like a sort of adjusting sort of thing. Um, and so we keep, now we keep meaning to, I mean, I, I talk to Russell a lot, uh, and Russell's back to teaching, you know, Russell is a college professor uh, and he actually, in the meantime, wrote a textbook on, uh, on film, the history of film, which is so good. That's it's a big history. So, yeah. Oh, it's, it, Keith, it's such a good book. Ooh. Uh, you, you're gonna love it. And, um, and so we haven't done it. We haven't done another one yet. So we, we're due. We're due to talk nice. about the next next film. Yeah. Now, in my notes here, I have that you are an epidemiologist. Oh yes, that's true. Yeah. Yes. So, so when do you think COVID's gonna be over? <laughs> as a as a world you know, famous epidemiologist. I, I I will say this. Like I think um, I, there, you know I. I do this podcast at Texas Monthly, which is uh-huh. all about optimism. It's called the Good Newscast. So I actually have been thinking about optimism for a couple of years. And I, I, don't, I don't like optimism, which poses uh, you know, is with false hope and sure. greeting card uh, sentimentality. That, that's, that's just delusion. That's not optimism. Right. Like, everything's you are right. a very optimistic you know, op- person, maybe the most optimistic person I've met. Maybe, but I also, I mean, I actually have a pretty dark way of looking at things. Like, I'm like, oh, you know, well, we're, we're all going to die. Sure. And that's just kind of, that is the way of things. And um, I, I'm not sure life has a meaning um, <laughs> or, or anything like that. Um, uh, the books that I labor, like, you know, a lot of people think like, oh, gosh, I hope, I hope someone reads my books after I die. I'm aware that every great thing that we've ever built as humanity, the best and kindest things will all go up in ash. And our right. planet will be engulfed by the sun and will be forgotten. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I'm pretty optimistic. Uh, <laughs> I think I think like you have your 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 eyes open eyes open to the the hardship and then move forward. So sure. it was an interesting thing as this lockdown and we realized that more and more the gravity of the situation. My father and my my parents are doctors. My father was saying, I was like, well, gosh, do you think you know? Do you think it's going to be like a two months? And my dad was like, oh, we're looking like October. At the, this is way back in March. He's like, October at the best if we do things right. 
That's when mm-hmm. things will start to get back to normal. And I was like, oh, my, my dad, he's Welsh too. He's just, uh, he's just worried. But he's been, he was right. He was right. I was just like, no, everyone needs to slow this down. This is, and this we is didn't do how things he, right. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't do things right. We didn't do things right at all. And, um, and that's uh, been really, you know, disturbing and, and costing of lives and costing the economy and yep. uh, so many other things. Um, but, uh, but I don't know. So I don't know. I mean, who knows? <laughs> I would like to say, I would like to say, I, you know, people in, in, in film are saying in 2021, we're hoping we will be back into production. So like I've got a project and I'm like, they're looking at January, 2021 is when they'd like to be filming. And, right. uh, and that's, that could be really great. That could be great. And that's, that's hoping we get all the right things like, um, a new president. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a, va- a vaccine uh, that we are able to produce and uh, and distribute um, those kind of things. So yeah. So where am I flying in January 2021 to be in this thing? Uh, luckily, I think we'll make it here in Texas. So oh, perfect. Quick drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quick drive. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. Just down the block. Down the block. Man, October at the earliest, if we do things right, is so depressing because then you'd think like, oh, maybe, maybe we could be at the tail end of it in a month, but we won't be. No, no. <laughs> no. And, and that was the weird thing is like, I mean, my dad was like, oh, you know, it could be longer. You think that's right. So as opposed to, well, if we had sort of gone into this going, everybody, here's a serious storm coming our way. It's a big thing. It is going to be a part of our lives in one way or another for about a year. So we need to start thinking that way as opposed to going, Hey, go home for a couple of days. We'll be back by the end of the month. And everyone is like, oh, my God, but it's been two weeks. And started freaking out. And you had people like, what we, oh, we can't do this. And all of a sudden, the month felt like forever because, because they had sort of bought into this two-week scenario. And it's going to be by Easter. And so, like, of course, you know, when it comes down to Labor Day, people are like, what? But mentally, I was, I was prepared for Easter. As opposed sure. to like, hey, guess what? We don't know. We don't know, and let's go ahead and, and become friends with our uncertainty because uncertainty is at the dinner table, and you might as well pass the sprouts. I, I can't get over the amount of people that are like, well, it's going to last 2020, and then January 1st, 2021, we'll all be okay, as if COVID has an expiration date. <laughs> and I guess that's just like our, our natural want to resolve thing, like end of one thing and beginning of another. But they're like, oh, fuck 2020. Well, things will be better next year. I'm like, why do you think that? Like, why on earth do you think that that, time has anything to do? Like, our our label of time has anything to do with this? Um, uh, It just bothers the shit out of me. Everyone who says, I've given up on 2020, I'm like, you better be ready to give up on a decade if that's your mentality. Because you're just not thinking about this the right way. Were you uh, boating over the weekend? Was I boating? Yeah, were you boating on Lake Travis over the weekend? I saw there were some issues out there. I was scuba diving. Oh, nice. Oh, you probably picked up some good stuff, some phones and wallets. Right, yeah. A lot of handguns, funny enough. Um, Yeah, that was crazy. The the sinking ships. uh, I think the best comment that I read online was someone saying, hello, 911, there's an uh, overly on-the-nose metaphor happening right now. (laughs) I uh, I saw someone call it Dumb Kirk, and I thought that was the funniest thing I ever saw. 
whoever wrote Dumkirk, hashtag Dumkirk, I my hats off to them. That is that was. Beautiful. I also saw uh, the Austin Tea Party. I saw. Yeah, Austin. Oh, that's good too. Austin, yeah. There's a lot of good metaphors yeah. for that. It was also, um, you know, it was like it was big boats. It was like the bigger boats, right? And yeah. Like, oh, the bigger boats didn't realize that by just ex- their ex- exploitation of wealth, or like yeah. that it was causing these ripples that were making the smaller boats who were still in their party sink. It was like, yes. Do you see? This is America. That's like, everything. Your giant everything in a package. That is sinking us. Yes. Yes. Uh, I was uh, I was boating on the river a couple weekends ago, and um, someone I was with was a, like an ROTC Navy kind of person, and he's like, "I'll tie off the anchor," and I said, "Oh, you shouldn't do that." And he's like, no, 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 I know what I'm doing. I've trained for this like half my life. And he had tied the, it was a pontoon boat with little doors and he had tied the anchor to a little door and it ripped the door off the boat. Uh, (laughs) And it it came so close to smacking someone in the head. Like that person will be dead like easily. Oh, Um, oh, so glad that happened. Oh, I know. And we had to pay a whole bunch of money to fix this boat. Ugh, terrible. Every time I talk to you, you tell a story in which someone almost died. I feel okay. Like here's your horror story. Like I, I absolutely believe I give off some kind of negative energy where people are very close to dying around me all the time. Mm. I think like like, when I die, everyone's like gonna be safe and like there would be no COVID stuff like that. You strike me as putting off the great, the uh, the greatest energy. I love the energy you put off. Oh, maybe I'm saving people then. Maybe it's like uh, it's like the opposite yeah. of Final Destination. Like everyone's supposed to die, but my energy is like saving them to almost dying. Uh... Oh, I like that. Exactly. There's yeah. your story. Yeah. Like I mean, that. there was some comic who sort of used to talk about why do we call it near misses? They're really near hits. It was. <laughs> Um, have you been talking about that? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you go. No, you. Okay. Okay. Have, have I was you... going to say, you... oh. <laughs> uh, are you planning to go to a theater anytime soon or are you intelligent? <laughs> I am not going to a theater anytime soon. And you, like me, love, love movie theaters. I just love them. Um, but uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I've got. I've got uh, aging parents that I like to visit and in-laws, sure. you know, my, my, my parents-in-law. I've got type 1 diabetes. My daughter has type 1 diabetes. Mm-hmm. Like, there's like, you know, I just, I, I you know, play it safe for a little bit longer. What, and, and I'm okay with that. You know, it's funny, like, I get the urge to go out, man. I miss my, I miss my, I miss my diners, the 24-hour diners to go into that. Ugh. I miss the coffee shop. Yes. I miss all that, for sure. Um, but at the same time, like I was, I was driving to pick up some curbside food and I was like, this is kind of fun. Jody and my wife and I were going, and I was just sort of thinking, I saw some people coming out of an Applebee's and I was like, Applebee's, that would be a really weird reason to die. <laughs> oh, I say that on this podcast all the time. What weird fucking shit to die. Like if you go to the movie theater right now to watch SpongeBob, Sponge on the Run, like you've made the conscious decision, I might die to watch this SpongeBob movie. And I say like like Tenant as an example. Like Tenant might be the most amazing movie of all time. Maybe. I don't want to die for it. I don't want right. to die to give uh Chris Nolan uh, 48 cents. That's that's not not something worth it to me. But yeah, like imagine dying because you just need the 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 chicken fritters and Applebee's. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. That's and how it, much you it, don't want to cook. <laughs> yes, right. And and of course, I mean, what what is terrifying, and uh, it is like really, really hard to see friends uh, losing jobs. It's really, really hard to see yeah. these uh, small businesses uh, just sort of struggling with how, what do we do? You know, what, what do we do? And it's really, really disappointing to see the small amount of ways that our, our government has been set up, like to not help. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and what this is maybe the, the again, I, I don't mean to be like a, looking for the silver lining, but I'm like, what I, what I hope and pray is that as this all goes on, as we're now going to be, even after we get a vaccine, working for like years to recover our economy and work sure. it out, that we get smart and say, hey, guess what? These things happen. You know, icebergs exist. And that wasn't the only iceberg in the ocean. So that you iceberg so didn't stuck on Titanic. <laughs> Hell yeah. My heart will go on, Keith Ruckus. <laughs> You'll never let go uh, of this metaphor. <laughs> uh, it, it's just that I, I just hope that we kind of go like, okay, gosh, you know what? It sucks when uh, thousands of small businesses crumble. How do we... How do we set ourselves up so that it doesn't happen again? Because that's what it means when you, you all live together. Like if you're housemates or city mates or neighborhood mates, it means that you guys go, hey, you know what? It works if we take care of ourselves and take care of each other. So how are we going to do this on an organized level? Hey, let's make a government. This is what, this is what we should be doing. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, small businesses now in the head. I, I feel like that was like the main talking points of politicians for years. And now like nobody's talking about small businesses cause they're all fucking closing. And there's with, you're right with our current system. There's just nothing to do about it. They could give yeah. them money, but they won't. <laughs> it just won't. Yeah. Uh, uh, what, let's talk about something happier. Keith. Um, all right, let's talk about something happier. Uh, go watch Cobra Kai. It just, it made I'm me not, so happy. Did you like the karate kid that. movies? Yeah, I mean, you know, we 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 mocked it for uh, Master or Sinus Show, the Sinus Show. We mocked it, right. and so I've seen it, you know, a hundred times. Uh, it's very good. I was, I was so begrudging. Like we threw uh, at the at the club I used to work at, of which we do not talk. Um, uh, we we threw a uh, we threw a Cobra Kai party with like all the cast, and I even left. Like I didn't even want to see them. I'm like, this is the, gonna be the dumbest TV show of all time. But I was so fucking transfixed, and it's amazing storytelling and terrible choreography. It's incredible. Well, I mean, okay, I I mean, hearing that, maybe I should, maybe I should give it a give it a try. You know, my my kids and and Jody turned me on to the show Ki- Ki- Kimbo Kimbo. Is that what it's called? This animated show, it, it looked amazing. I just started watching it last night. And you know the other weird thing I've been watching huh. is uh, Project Runway. Really? Yeah, I know. Okay. Weird, That's right? up there My with like, the voice. Sure. It is, right? And uh, I was like, wow. And then I was like, I'm not going to watch this. I'm not. And the kids are watching it. I'm like, you know, I really hope Daniel wins this season. And they're all like, we're watching like old seasons, right? So it's like, don't don't look up his name. We're gonna find out if he wins or she wins. And nice. I'm kind of, I don't know. Yeah, I'm go. learning that's, from it. I'm like, that's learning. a good turn your brain off kind of show. That's a good. Don't worry about yeah. bad things. Just kind of get into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, that's our time, Owen. Thank you. Uh, as always, thank you for bringing in the existential optimism. 
Yes. Hey, I tell you what, Keith. Um, uh, you're a poet and a scholar. You love both um, uh, art and the written word and the drama of the human soul. Sure. Um, read, read some Greek tragedy. You've brought this up before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Greek know. I, I, yeah. Yeah, All last right. time we talked, I brought it up. So you spend a lot of time with Greek tragedy. I, I think it would be really fun uh, if you choose to have me on again. Uh, we uh, I went on all the time. Well, well great. Uh, it would be fun to talk Greek tragedy with you. Sure. On the movie podcast. It's Perfect. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I got to uh, this is this is how I'm thinking. Like I, I uh, we, with the Sundance class, one of the things I talk about near the beginning is like, you know, uh, there's a lot of horror in Greek tragedy. You right. know, uh, there's a lot. I mean, so it, you know, in 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 a horror movie, like you see, like the 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 camp counselor, and she's walking towards the closet, and we know there's danger in the closet. We're like, don't open the closet, and she's gonna, uh, and she opens the closet, oh, and she gets stabbed in the head. Or you know, if it's James Wan, there's nothing in the closet. She turns to right, there's nothing to her right, but then something comes down from atop and pulls her head off. Whatever, like there, like it's it's simultaneously we know what's gonna happen, but we don't know how it's gonna happen, and and it's also it like takes people at these extreme moments where where sometimes like it's the fate of death and how they act in, in the face of a fated death a brilliant right stuff this is all a greek tragedy oedipus oedipus is like we know we're told in the beginning oedipus you killed your dad you had sex with your mom and and oedipus is like i've got to find out the secret that's cursing my city and it's like it's the fact that you killed your dad and you had sex with your mom and like, i'm gonna investigate i'm a detective and we're all yelling don't don't go to the closet don't, don't, because we know what's in there. And then we're, like, we watch him get really, really surprised. And then, of course, his reaction is a gore shot. And he stabs his own eyes out. Yeah. You, you know, well, oh, you know, I don't know. I think there's, like, I think, I think there's so, some of the best dramas and horror moments ever written uh, was, you know, what, uh, 3,000 years ago? Three, thir- sure. 3,000, 4,000 years ago in Greek tragedy. So, motherfucker. You, you, let's do it. <laughs> Perfect. That Is that where I should pop- start? Should I start with Oedipus? If I had to pick one to start with, what should well, I start with? Oedipus is a great one to start with. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, go ahead and start with Oedipus. All right. I mean, you know, if you, if you do, Oedipus is part of a trilogy, right? Okay. So you'll be able to read all three. I didn't and, know And that. they all three exist. Yeah, yeah. Antigone and uh, Oedipus at Carrara. I think it is. And the end of Oedipus' life. Where can people find out more about you? Where can people get in touch with you or see what you're working on? Do a plug. Oh. Okay, yes. Uh, uh, you can find me at uh, Owen underscore Edgerton on Twitter. And Facebook, uh, Owen Edgerton, and then uh, Instagram, Owen Edgerton. And I try and put stuff that I'm doing uh, there and everything. And um, and then, oh, I've got OwenEdgerton.com, which is, you know, kind of not, not much going on there right now. But sure. Yeah, but, yeah, buy my books, see my movies. Do all those you know, things. Ching, ching. Make and it rain, make it rain. And then go out and buy Oedipus, the Oedipus trilogy and read that. Yeah, yeah. 
Now, to, to be clear, there's no because uh, this one skewed me a little bit. There's, there's not like a like a like a scene in Oedipus where he bangs his mom. They just talk about it, or do they in detail describe him having sex with his mother? Yes. <laughs> yes? Hey, there's no scene where he has sex. Okay, there's no good. scene where he has sex with his mom. You're That's right. a bug. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, can't. he's he's talking to his mom. There's a lot of back and forth, but she doesn't know either. But but by this point, they've got grown kids and everything. How do they not know? It, it's all in the story. Like okay. it, basically, like Oedipus was there was it was prophesied that this baby was going to like be the downfall and kill his father. So they basically like the father was like get the kid out of here. So Oedipus as a baby was sort of thrown out to the wilderness and not killed. Oh, sort of abandoned got it, got it, got it, got it. Oedipus got it. throws up alone. He's coming. He's like going on his way to Thebes. He meets this guy, and the guy's like, "Get out of my way! I don't get out of my way!" And he kills his dad, not knowing who he was. Goes to Thebes, answers the riddle of the Sphinx, I guess, uh, and uh, and and saves the city from this uh, awful uh, plague that had been going on by by answering the riddle. Becomes oh, the king, marries the king, marries the widowed queen, happens to be his mom, has some babies, but yeah. now there's a new plague. And he, he's like, something's wrong. I'm going to find out the cause. And he's investigating his own dark, hideous past. Gross. Gross and wonderful, just like life. All right, well, that's number one on my list. I'm going to go get a copy uh, from a mom-and-pop bookshop and not Amazon. Tell you that. Boom. Do it. Yeah. All right, my dude. All right, well, thank you so much. Okay, buddy. I will talk to you soon. And that was my interview with Alan. What a delightful human being. Hey. Someone I would never call a motherfucker. <laughs> ever to his face. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's That's finish up some news. a short list of people. <laughs> it is a very short list of people. <laughs> I think a couple D'Souza's and Owen, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, here we go. This is the why the fuck do we need this file for this week? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to fuck up this name. Luca Guadagino. Gimo. One more time? Lu- nope. Uh, <laughs> he is helming a remake of Scarface. Oh, why? A remake of Scarface. Why? Now here's something fun I want to point out. Scarface okay. come out came come out. Scarface came out in 1982. Uh-huh. Oliver Stone directed, uh-huh. which was a remake of Scarface from 1932. Yeah. By Howard Hawks. This will be another remake. Yeah. Um, which if they were gonna do it, at least wait the the extra fifty years to keep it even. Um, I guess they're not too far off. If it was eighty two, that's almost forty years. Right, but again, but, yeah, Al give it another ten. Is like <laughs> alive, like most, yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer's alive, like, and they're yeah. not like so old they couldn't like be the same characters in in another movie. Yeah. Like, and was the thirties one as popular as the you know uh, the thirties one, one actually of. had a lot of controversy that for like for the time was. Like, really rough and like glorified drug use and um uh, was not well received uh you know obviously the 82 one was well received yeah. uh, but we don't fucking need this <laughs> no. we don't need it. it's like the the remake of robocop it's like we don't yeah. need it it's gonna be forgettable and shitty and it's yeah. it's, it's a it's a non-starter for me mm. we don't fucking need it nope and finally mm-hmm. uh news to lighten the moods it's a news story we fought over who got to talk about and i won <laughs> yeah. let's talk about the movie cats uh <laughs> Which, uh, you know, came out this year. <laughs> yes, it did. Ugh. 
Did it? Yeah, did it, it did come or was out. It, was it, was it technically? I think it was technically Christmas last year. Oh, okay. The Oscars was this year, which is scary to think about. <laughs> All right. So here. So Cats, which less than a year ago came out. <laughs> we saw in theaters. Oh, my God. <laughs> a uh, micro theater with original, empty seats. Yeah, orig- <laughs> I can't imagine going to a micro theater now. Uh, originally... Uh, they had these CGI buttholes mm-hmm. on the cats, like cats do. Yep. And then the <laughs> studio is like, the butthole cut. Yeah. And they're like, get rid of those buttholes of those cats. Yeah. Uh, some eagle eyed watcher on Twitter yeah. has found the last remaining butthole that they forgot to CGI out. So the the Twitter user's name is the girl Vench. So the girl V E N C H on Twitter. If you look it up, she's got this as a tweet. Yeah, she's got them. Uh, there's two of them as like screen yeah. caps if you don't want to try and go find it so like, two look up her twitter uh, it is at the hour 35 and 14 second mark and here's why nobody's seen it because at the hour 35 mark of the movie cats your brain has dissolved into fucking mush and you're just thinking i have been sitting in this seat for four hours how is this movie still going and then even though you shouldn't look at the phone in the theater you make a little glance at your phone and be like oh my god i've only been sitting here an hour 30 five minutes when did that happen because it feels like i've been sitting here for four hours because of this stupid fucking movie they're singing the same lyric for the 30th time in a row um so there are buttholes now the thing i find interesting is that the butthole of the cats is not where you would think the butthole would be like on a human yes apparently it's a it was a like a vfx weird thing thing because they didn't originally design them with actual cat buttholes sure it was part of apparently like the first simulation right that they were putting on the 3d you know cats um that when it got to the tail was like it just had a weird seam almost right where like the fur was coming around from the front and all mm-hmm. coming around to where the bottom of the tail was right and it's just a weird thing of the the simulation yeah. that it looked kind of like a butthole so the buttholes are at the base of the tail which the yes. tail juts out from like the tailbone yeah on a human so like about the area where you might get a tramp stamp yes uh, is where the butthole is <laughs> yeah and I can't even yeah, imagine like trying to poop like that several inches too high <laughs> what does that bidet look like? <laughs> a sideways shower. I mean, you just, you'd have to like, it'd, it'd be like a bed with a hole in the middle. Yeah, like You'd sure. have to lay down. <laughs> sure. Do you know how they dealt with the cat buttholes for the musical cats? <laughs> they, they didn't! didn't <laughs> because you don't need to fucking worry about it. It's a fucking CGI dancing cat. Don't worry about its motherfucking butthole, you fucking idiots. There is better shit to spend your money on than digitally adding and then removing buttholes. So fucking stop. This is why you lost all that money and made this shit-ass movie. Well, Fuck you. Apparently, they only assigned one VFX guy to go and remove all of them. Yeah. Yeah. And like now and was constantly yelling at him to do it faster. Sure. So. The fact that only one or two buttholes slipped through the seams is amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. Because we know those VFX artists were put through fucking hell. Oh yeah. Especially they the buttholes. A separate cut of the movie with finished VFX yeah. after they released the movie. Fucking insane. <laughs> fucking insane. That's it. That's the news for this week. That's that's my news to lighten the moods. I thought it was going to make me happier to talk about this, but it actually made me angry. Here's the, well, here, I got huh. something. Oh, what do you got? Uh, tomorrow, which will be today when okay. you're listening to this, presumably, if sure. you're one of our percentage of listeners who listen the day of, 
the trailer for Dune is dropping. Oh, I still haven't watched the original Dune. Me neither. Or the remake. But they uh, they put out a little teaser today oh. on a, on Tuesday when we're recording. Um, that was up on a couple of different like YouTube platforms. Right. Uh, teasing that hey tomorrow. We got a fucking full-on trailer for you. I'm going to justwatch.com right now to see if Dune is streaming anywhere. Uh, ooh, yeah, maybe. I would like to watch so, Dune. Uh, what I didn't know, so we knew that uh, it was... Oh, it's on HBO Max! Fuck yeah, I'm going to oh, watch Dune! Oh, nice. All right. Spice melange. Uh, so, Denis Villeneuve is the director. Um, uh-huh. He's done Sicario, Arrival, and Blade Runner 2049, which I still haven't watched because... I did. It was not great. When I finally got around to watching the original, by the time I did that, it was, it was already out of streaming. <laughs> well, you have to watch Dune now. Yes. Um, the Spice Melange. So the cinematographer for the new Dune right. uh, is Greg Frazier, who is uh, from Melbourne, Australia. Okay. Um, One more time. Melbourne, Australia. <laughs> Check in. All right. Uh, he was the guy who was the DP on Zero Dark Thirty. Oh, I uh, saw that. Vice. Oh, I like Vice. Uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. I, I do like that one. He did chapters one, three, and seven of The Mandalorian oh, season one. So he knows what he's doing. And The Batman, oh. which is coming out. <laughs> All right, so, so they, they pulled out some for the cinematography for on this. Yeah, and at least Hans not Zimmer's doing the music. Oh. <laughs> so. so it's going to look and melodically be great. So now it's just on the story to be good and the actors to do it well. Yes. Love it. Which it seems they've hired every great actor sure. to be in this bitch. So sure. <laughs> should be check marks on all. That's our show for this week, guys. Uh, check out patreon.com slash five by five at the movies. Yeah, yeah, our yeah. tiers start at a dollar. We mm-hmm. prefer the $5 <laughs> yeah, and we, we very much prefer 37 the cents yeah. out of the dollar. <laughs> and very much prefer the $55. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get all sorts of and good how. shit on the show. <laughs> and how. Uh, help us out. Keep the show going. Um, check that out uh, thank you Owen Edgerton thank Yay. you so much as always thank you Dan for being here mm-hmm. thank you so much to everyone listening please review us on iTunes if you're so inclined email us at 5x5film at gmail.com with any questions concerns or criticisms or find us on Facebook at 5x5 at the movies thank you Dan Benjamin Hattie Cook and the entire 5x5 network we'll see you next week with another 5x5 at the movies <laughs> yeah. roll, roll credits, credits. <laughs>